North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's getting $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Dr. Low Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you guys all had a wonderful week. And we actually have uh, a change in plans for our show tonight. We were supposed to have JJ Virgin on the show to talk about her book, Six Weeks to Sleepless and Sexy. And, and she had a really tough week. Her son was in a car accident recently, and he's in urgent care. And so I just want to ask all of you if you can keep her and her family and her son in your prayers. That would be wonderful. Um, it looks like he's going to be okay, but it's definitely been a battle for them. So um, we're going to have her back on the show probably in November once things kind of you know get a little better on her end. So definitely sending out the love and the light for them. Um, but we have a wonderful guest joining us tonight. I will mention him in just a moment. But, of course, if you guys can check out the website, drlaurennoel.com. I'm at bloomnaturalhealth.com. I'm a naturopathic doctor here in Encinitas. I work with patients locally and all over the country, as you guys know. Um, if you want to call in and ask any questions during the show, the number is 818-495-6919. Of course, precedence comes to the callers, but we can also take Facebook and Twitter questions. That's facebook.com slash Noel and twitter.com slash Noel. Tonight's show, we have a very special guest who graciously accepted my offer a few days ago. This is Dana Ullman is on the show. I had the pleasure of meeting Dana a couple of years ago. Uh, we both attended the annual conference um, for naturopathic physicians in Arizona. And we all danced it up. The banquet, we had a banquet, had a great time. And, well, it turns out he's pretty much the man for homeopathy. And I didn't know that at the time until I saw him lecture the next day. And I go, oh, <laughs> well, I had no idea. Dana Ullman is one of America's leading advocates for homeopathy. He has authored 10 books, including The Homeopathic Revolution, Why Famous People and Cultural Heroes Choose Homeopathy, as well as Homeopathy A to Z, Homeopathic Medicines for Children and Infants, and Discovering Homeopathy, and the best-selling Everybody's Guide to Homeopathic Medicine with Stephen Cummings. He's authored an ebook that is a continually growing resource of 200 plus clinical studies published in peer reviewed medical journals testing homeopathic medicines. And this ebook combines the descriptions of these studies with practical clinical information on how to use homeopathic medicines for over 100 common ailments. And if you guys want to check him out, his website is homeopathic.org, where you'll see all kinds of things like homeopathic books, tapes, medicine, software, and correspondence courses. And he's also a regular column writer for the widely popular website, HuffingtonPost.com. So we're very, very lucky to have him on the show. Dana, thank you so much for joining me, and welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Hello, Dr. Low. And by the way, my Hello. website is homeopathic.com, not homeopathic.org. Oh. Homeopathic.com, and you have a couple. So sorry for the the mistake. You have a couple websites, right? What are some of the other ones that you have? No, no, no. Actually, I only have one. I have one That's website, which one. is homeopathic.com. But you are right that I do write for the Huffington Post a lot. And of my 30 articles or so at that site, I mean, people can read them at any time. The thing that's quite remarkable is that I'm averaging about 1,000 comments per article. So uh, that's kicking up some uh, some dirt there. 
Yeah, I noticed that. I was I was scrolling through all your uh, your, your posts you have in there. I was like, geez, people are really loving your work. That's awesome. And, and of course, you know. Well, it's, it's loving and hating, mind you. <laughs> exactly. I'm both loved and hated, I'm sorry to say, because there's a you lot know what? of. I, I love someone who really just, I, I love someone that just really speaks their mind and just really, you believe in what you do and you just, you aren't afraid to say it. That's, that's the kind of guest I love to have on the show. So I, I love that you're, you know, you're so passionate about it because you know what you're talking about. I mean, clearly. Yeah, the bottom line is, is that there are antagonists to homeopathy and because I present such a compellingly strong case for it, that really pisses them off. And, you know, some of them are big, big pharma shills, of course, and some of them are, you know, just experience what might be called cognitive dissonance. They put all their time and energy into this medical and pharmacological discipline and they think that my point of view or our point of view is disproving everything they learn, and of course that's not true. It's just disproving about half of it. <laughs> right. And um, <laughs> the bottom line is is that we all know the most important words that any doctor needs to acknowledge is first do no harm. And too many doctors forget that word first. Yeah. And so they rush I into the very largely, powerful and yeah. dangerous conven- conventional pharmaceuticals, and you and I and so many people that are at the cutting edge of modern culture realize that we have to exhaust safer methods before we go to the more dangerous ones. Absolutely. That to me is just common sense, but it's kind of forgotten so much now. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, indeed. So, so tell us a little bit about you, Dana. What's, what's your background? What, I mean, what made you so interested in homeopathy in the first place? Well, uh, I do come from a medical family. My father was a pediatrician and an allergist in Los Angeles. And it is a tad ironic that my father would be an allergist because, of course, that, uh, that medical specialty uses small doses of whatever a person is allergic to in order to uh, desensitize them. And, in fact, one of the three doctors to help create the American Academy of Allergy was a famous homeopathic physician. So this principle of using small doses to help uh, augment a person's immune system to help heal what they might cause in large dose is not only at the heart of uh, modern allergy treatment, but even, for that matter, modern vaccinations. And uh, homeopaths use much smaller doses, mind you, and we do use much more what we call individualization of treatment. But certainly uh, uh, this whole basis of homeopathy is a part of many aspects of conventional medicine where they, they like to acknowledge it or not. Hmm. Okay. So this isn't totally a, a foreign concept. It's just that, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's, just, it's so controversial. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of getting into that a little bit. But, but just to kind of back up, how does homeopathy yeah. work for people right. who aren't familiar? Well, let, let me give you, before we even go there, you, you asked me the question. I didn't get a chance to totally finish, you know, my background. You know, I do come from, like I said, a medical family, but I didn't go straight into conventional medicine. Uh, in fact, I went to the School of Pub, uh, Public Health at UC Berkeley, and I got my master's in public health. And since I've been 19 years old, I've really specialized in homeopathy. So that's been since about <laughs> 1972. And... Um, and in the process, I've written 10 books, and my company has published 35 homeopathic books by our colleagues. And I've tried to take a lead in helping to educate 
the medical uh, and public health communities about homeopathy as well as the general public by writing books to teach people how to use the medicines and by also writing about the research side of homeopathy so that people can uh, know that there's much more research and much more evidence that homeopathy is effective than people may realize. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so back to your question. uh, Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, I want to, one thing I notice a lot for a lot of my guests is that they, they tend to specialize or be really interested in something based on their own personal experience with it. So did you have any kind of, you know, things for yourself that you used this for and found a benefit and you wanted to study it more? I mean, what kind of, you know? Well, at first I did not have anything that I had a personal experience with. I just appreciated its principles because its underlying principle is that symptoms are not just something wrong with the person, but in fact, symptoms are defenses. Symptoms are adaptations of our body and mind in its best efforts to try and fight infection and or to adapt to stress. And so our symptoms aren't the problem. They're the Effort, effort to try and create a solution. It doesn't mean our symptoms will always heal us. They won't. Uh, sometimes that infection is too strong. Sometimes the stress is too strong. And sometimes our body's own defenses are simply inadequate. But instead mm-hmm. of using medicines that then suppress that symptom, what it, we do in homeopathy is we look for a medicine that would mimic it, that would actually cause in healthy people the similar symptoms that we as a sick person are having. And if, in fact, that fever is a defense, instead of lowering the fever, you look for a medicine that might mimic it. And mm-hmm. the trick here is, is that your fever and my fever are different. Your headache and my headache are different. I mean, we might both have a fever, we might both have a headache, but you might have a headache in the front part of your head, and mine might be in the back part. You might feel good putting a hot pack, I might feel good putting a cold pack. You might feel better lying down, I might feel better moving around. And to assume that just because we have the same symptom, headache or fever, that generic symptom, that we should be given the same treatment to a homeopath, is simply really sloppy and unscientific thinking. So what we do in homeopathy is we see all disease as syndrome, not as something that's localized, but we are looking at the overall syndrome. What physical symptoms are you experiencing? And what are the individualizing way you're experiencing them? And what are your various emotional and mental symptoms? And then we look Mm -hmm. for a medicine in nature from the plant, mineral, or animal kingdom that based on our experiments in toxicology would cause the similar symptoms in healthy people. And then we give mm-hmm. it in a very small and specially prepared dose. Mm-hmm. And I love that about homeopathy is that it actually takes the mental, emotional aspect of a person and considers that when, when choosing a remedy. I mean, that's so <laughs> far off from conventional medicine. Absolutely, and, and so it really is strange from a homeopathic point of view, and even from an acupuncture point of view, to separate mind and body because it's, they are interconnected. I mean, it's like the front and back of a coin. Um, you cannot uh, have a, a quarter <clears throat> without having a front and back, and the same thing is true about your mind and body. They're, they're the front and back of the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
And in fact, from yeah, a homeopathic exactly. point of view, I, I know there's a tendency in people in pop psychology to assume that our mind creates our body. Well, any woman, of course, knows that's not true because you on a monthly basis have your menstrual cycle and it not only creates certain physical symptoms, but there are often certain emotional symptoms that come along with it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, women clearly have that experience. And, um, and so the bottom line in homeopathy, we treat mind and body. We, we look at every person, uh, even if their main complaint is completely of a physical level, we also look at how is this person uh, dealing with it? What emotions are, is he or she experiencing? And we look for a medicine that really fits the whole body-mind symptomology um, of a particular remedy. Mm-hmm. So out there. I love it, though. It's just It, it boggles <laughs> the Western mind. You know, It doesn't make any sense, but it makes perfect sense, and I've seen such it makes perfect results sense, with it. Really. So. It really does, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So how did this all come about? I mean, how did how was this discovered? Well, he was a German physician named Samuel Hahnemann who uh, was highly respected. He was a physician to various German royalty. He was the author of the leading textbook that was used by pharmacists of his day. But he found that he was doing more harm than good as a doctor, so he quit his medical practice and instead made a living as a translator. And to make a long story short, you know, he ended up doing some experiments as to why quinine was an effective medicine for malaria. And he found that overdoses of quinine caused the similar type of fever and chills that are known to be a part of malaria. And so he postulated, is it possible that uh, that quinine is effective for malaria not because of one reason or the other reasons that were at that day, but because it causes similar symptoms in overdose that it is known to cure in smaller doses. And he found that principle again and again, and he then developed this system of homeopathy, and he created a method to determine what a medicine would be good for by doing these experiments in toxicology of the different medicines. Because once you know what a medicine causes, and not just what it causes in terms of, quote, a headache or a stomach ache, but the specific symptoms that, of that particular substance. Because, I mean, heck, there's thousands of substances that are carcinogens, but the trick is to find out what are the precise body-mind symptoms that each substance causes. And homeopaths have not only created detailed textbooks about each of these uh, medicinal substances, but now we have expert system software. So most homeopaths use these expert system software to help us provide individualized care to patients. So homeopaths have really jumped into the computer age full feet forward. Of course, doctors use software too, but that's mostly for billing patients, not really for improving health care. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I was thinking back to a naturopathic school that, you know, I was always so jealous of the people who actually bought the software to use for the homeopathic classes because they would just come up with remedies so much faster. And I'd be sitting there going through the whole, you know, repertory and it's taking, you know, two hours to find a remedy. But, you know. <laughs> That's right. The, the software really does help improve the speed and accuracy of the prescribing. And, um 
you know, it, it like I said, homeopaths have entered the computer age, you know, you know, full throttle ahead. Yeah. So I'm going to be a little facetious right now. So, so Dana, you're Mr. Uh, you know, homeopathy. You must be anti-conventional medicine, right? Well, I'm not. I'm for what I call integrative health care, which is taking the best from, from everything. However, you know, because I do have a bias towards natural therapies, I do feel that we should exhaust safer methods before go, resorting to the bigger guns. And so I am a big critic of conventional medicine. But, heck, there always are certain things that we all need. I mean, and, and of course, the emergency room, God bless it. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, it would be great if they had Arnica there. It would be great if they had Hypericum and so many of the other medicines that homeopaths and naturopaths use. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think of myself as anti-conventional medicine. Um, I, I just believe that each treatment has a place in its proper time and context. Yeah. And I use homeopathy every single day, you, you know, in the IV room. We're doing, you know, IV nutrients, hydrogen peroxide. I mean, some things that are, you know, even a little bit more conventional in terms of naturopathic treatments, but we use it on a regular basis. It helps with anxiety. It's helping with the bruising. Their, their veins, you know, um, really heal up a lot quicker. And, um, you know, for nerve pain, we use Hypericum. I mean, we've, we use it a lot. And it's, just, it's just such an amazing tool to have that in addition to the other therapies that we do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the bottom line, homeopathy is right now the number one um, alternative therapy in Europe as, amongst doctors. And it is certainly um, uh, also the leading uh, alternative medicine in India and Pakistan, where over one million people in India alone rely entirely on homeopathy for all their health care needs. So, you know, it's so ironic that, um, you know, some people still today assert that homeopathy is a placebo. And if you think about 100 million people relying upon homeopathy for whenever they or their child has asthma, whenever they or their child has pneumonia, whenever they or their child has, you know, cancers and heart diseases. And um, the bottom line is when looking at uh, at similar economic status, in India and similar economic status here in America, that the the mor- morbidity and mortality rate is really quite similar. So people in India are relying upon homeopathy, and it's working for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously it's working if they're all using it that much. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know the bottom line is historically, uh, my last book that I wrote, uh, the, you mentioned the homeopathic revolution: why famous people and cultural heroes choose homeopathy. Is, is that that's a book about the most famous people you've heard in every walk of life, including 11 American presidents and dozens of world leaders, um, seven different popes, and then literally every spiritual guru. Um, uh, so, and I even found some amazing stories of famous rabbis and famous Muslim clerics, uh, literary greats and corporate leaders. And the bottom line here is, is that every study that has done a survey of who uses homeopathy, it always tends to be more educated people. And so that's the one factor that defines more than anything else what leads people to homeopathy is they, we tend to be more educated. Well, I agree. It's medicine for smart people. I mean, let's, we're talking about it. So, 
And <laughs> in, in that last book, the, uh, the physician to the Queen of England did write the foreword to it. And the well, royal family, of course, has been under homeopathic care since the 1830s. And uh, now, mind you, that doesn't mean that homeopathy is good for everything, because we all know certain limitations of the royals. But at the same time, um, I mean, there's a good reason that the Queen Mother lived to, a, what, 102 or so. And um, mm-hmm. the royals do have a tendency towards healthiness, hardiness, and longevity. So, I think in your book you said Rockefeller called homeopathy an aggressive and pro- progressive step in medicine, and he lived to 97. So there you Yeah, go. yeah, yeah. And he outlived his homeopath who only lived to 93. So, um, <laughs> no, uh, Rockefeller was a big advocate of homeopathy. And actually it's a sad, sad story, but in the, the two uh, people in my book that I have the longest information on, on are Rockefeller and Charles Darwin. And it really, they're quite amazing stories. But um, what the sad thing about Rockefeller is, is that in the first three decades of the 20th century, his foundation gave away to uh, organizations over $500 million. And he wanted half of his money that went to medical institutions to go to homeopathic institutions. And his, and his assistant told him that, that, that he was doing that. And, of course, that never was done. In fact, during the first three decades of the 20th century, Rockefeller uh, foundations never gave assent to homeopathic uh, institutions. And just to give you a, some sense, at the turn of the century, the 1900s, some of the medical schools that were homeopathic at the time included Boston University, University of Michigan, University of Minnesota, Ohio State University. So, you know, we're not talking about <laughs> some podunk, you know, medical schools. We're talking about many of the leading medical schools of that day and age. And, yeah. um, and at the time, you have to understand, in the 19th century, um, the, the uh, abolitionists, those people that were against slavery, the uh, suffragists the, or the feminists, um, and the homeopaths and the transcendentalists, this was the same group of people. So um, one of the amazing things that I uncovered when I was doing the chapter about literary greats is so many of our um, leading American writers and literary superstars were the strongest advocates of homeopathy. And, um, and so in terms of culture in the 19th century, you know, homeopathy was at the, the cutting edge of what was happening. And, um, and ultimately, in Europe today, um, especially in Germany and in France, somewhere about 30% of the German and French public use homeopathy regularly. And, mm-hmm. of course, you don't even get the sense of that here um, in America. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. (laughs) For those of you just tuning in, we're talking to Dana Allman all about homeopathy. If you want to call in and ask a question, the number is 818-495-6919. The phone lines are open. I'm going to go ahead and take a few callers here. First is from the 508 and then 402. So caller from the 508, you are on Dr. Low Radio. What's your name and where are you calling from? Lisa calling from Massachusetts. Hey, Lisa. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. What's your question? 
My six-year-old son has mononucleosis. His symptoms Mm. are severe sore throat, a fever, and then intermittent stomach aches and headaches. I've tried giving him Arnica, Ocelo, and zinc lozenges. Nothing seems to be touching it. The (laughs) worst symptom is a sore throat. Is there anything that you could recommend trying for him? Uh, Well, first of all, none of those remedies would be the right homeopathic remedy. Uh, Arnica, of course, is a great remedy, but that's for, you know, shock and trauma of injury, and that's for sprains and strains. Acylococcinum is a great remedy for for influenza. So, you know. These are just things uh, I happen to have, so. (laughs) I understand, I understand, but, you know, and um, there are many conditions, and mononucleosis is certainly one of them. And most conditions, you have to realize that um, your child will have symptoms that will be similar, but most often different and unique than other children that have mononucleosis. I mean, there'll always be certain symptoms that will be similar, but there's a lot that will not be. And as such, if anyone were to say one thing that, that your, your kid could take, I wouldn't believe them. Uh, you ultimately, for for this type of condition, you really need to eat, go to a homeopath. This is a little bit more complex. In none of my books, and I've written many books that teach people how to use homeopathic medicines, um, do I have a chapter on mononucleosis because there's so many different potential remedies. It's much easier when you have the flu or a cold or a cough or an earache. Um, and you can look up, you know, and often there might be 10 common remedies. And what people do is they look in the chapter on earache and they say, well, the first four didn't sound like, you know, like my kid. The fifth sounded interesting. The sixth sounded really interesting. But the ninth was the one that really seemed to hit the nail on the head. So, you know, and then what the the mother or father do is they give it to the kid. And um, the nice thing about homeopathics and the reason that people really get passionate about it is, is that, when you hit the right remedy, it's like the, the kid gets better literally right before your eyes. I mean, I've had both my own son who's had uh, two earaches in his life. I mean, he was done with them within an hour. Um, and uh, that's the thing that really impresses parents about homeopathy. But with mono, it's a little bit more complex of a condition and needs more individualized attention. So for that, okay. you might benefit from going to a professional homeopath. And if you're in Massachusetts, there are some homeopaths there, both MDs who specialize in homeopathy, NDs that specialize in homeopathy, and some people who are called professional homeopaths. And they have a, a certificate degree called a CCH, which is Certified in Classical Homeopathy. Great. I have one other question. Is there anywhere in the U.S. to purchase homeopathic oak pollen? Oak pollen? Yes. Um, Good question. Um, You know, I do know that my own company sells oak. Um, Now, what what you'd have to do is in homeopathy, we uh, our pharmacies make the medicines, and we always use the Latin names for each of our medicines so that we can be very specific on whatever plant, mineral, or animal species we're dealing with. Um, Because there are various types of oaks, for instance, and um, if you or your child uh, have allergies to oak, um, even getting a homeopathic dose of oak is, is often enough. 
And just to let you know, one of the strongest areas of scientific research for homeopathy is in respiratory allergies. Uh, because this type of research is easier to do because what we often do is we find out what the person is most allergic to and then give them a homeopathic dose of it. And um, that often creates some significant benefits. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for your question, Lisa. All right. Next question is from the 402. You are on Dr. Low Radio. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, caller from the 402. Are you there? Hello. Hi there. Hi. You're on Dr. Low Radio. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Jack. I'm from Kentucky. Hey, and my hey, question Jack. is, What's your is, question? There something, is there something that I could take for stress? Nope. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the reason why is, is that um, your reaction to stress will be different than my reaction to stress. So there's no generic stress remedy. It really depends upon your body-mind personality. Um, and so um, uh, I, I can <laughs> generally assume that you and I are not exactly alike. So there's no one generic remedy. You know, it, I... I I know we all have this natural tendency to assume that we are all like everyone else, but, you know, uh, in actual fact, I do believe in this uh, biochemical individuality, that we all have so many different qualities of, of our body and mind that are different. It's sort of like it, the same thing is observed in acupuncture, where uh, just because you have the same disease, is rare that people get the needles in the same place because your unique uh, body, mind, personality um, is sim simply different than someone else's. So um, when, you, when you say stress, what do you mean even stress? Well, stress is in like everyday life stress that you deal with, with the economy the way it is and children and, and people's attitudes and Mm -hmm. Things of that nature. So what a homeopath does, just to let you know, is interviews a person. So we then ask them not only what do you mean by stress, but then what is your individual reaction? I mean, some people, you know, get, you know, irritable and snappy, and some people actually get, you know, more not just irritable but angry and express their anger and rageful for that matter and take it out on other people or for that matter that sometimes they take it out on themselves and um, other people are uh, react differently and, and they just get fearful as to what will happen in the future and they're not as worried about things right in front of them but the future is more anxiety uh, ridden and so, you know, we all do deal with stress differently, and uh, quite simply, homeopathy is a system of treating people and strengthening their body and mind so that their body and mind can be more resilient to stress. We absolutely can do that, but there's not what we would call generic remedies for that. That said... I, w I do want to say that if you go into a health food store or select pharmacies, you'll see homeopathic formula products where they'll take between four and ten homeopathic remedies. 
and the you know each of the remedies might be uh one of the remedies we might give to someone let's say for stress or for insomnia or for migraine headaches and so this will answer some of you out there that are wondering why is it that you can go to a health food store and it will say arthritis on it and it will be a homeopathic medicine and that's because the manufacturer tries to create what might, what might be a more user-friendly usage of homeopathic medicines and might put together these formulas that are often effective and sometimes and often they are effective but if they're not effective for you, then sometimes you either need to use either another formula or you need to go to a professional homeopath. Okay. Well, thank you for your information. Okay. Good Thanks luck to you. All righty. And I enjoy your show. Thank you right. so much. All right. Next question. We got a caller from the 303. You're on Dr. Low Radio. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, it's Stephen. Um, I'm, I'm calling, actually, um, I have a, a gluten sensitivity, um, and I know that uh, using homeopathy, you, you were actually talking a few minutes ago with one of the other callers about uh, actually using, um, well, in this case, using gluten to fight gluten and, and sensitivity, if that's a possibility. I uh, wanted to find out what your thoughts are there and whether there's something I can do about that. Right. Well, actually, this is a good example that might help me to explain some aspects of homeopathy that people out there might not understand. Uh, but if you think about it, uh, some of our population is sensitive to gluten. Some of it, some of our population is sensitive to milk products. Some of it to soy. Some of it to peanuts. Some of us to strawberries, and some of us to a mixture of these different things. So what a homeopath does is interviews you to find out not only what substance are you sensitive to, but what are your unique symptoms if you do imbibe that. And then what we find is, is that, that, first of all, gluten or milk is not your only problem. You know, some people will have a, a, a tendency to headaches, some people to indigestions, other people to psychological symptoms. And so once the homeopath gets this, does this interview to look at uh, your various characteristics and your body-mind's unique adaptation to these various stresses, the homeopath will then provide what was, what's called a constitutional remedy, something that will strengthen your overall uh, immune and defense system so, so that it will not only reduce your sensitivity to gluten, but give you not only uh, more physical energy, but will calm you, will also reduce your irritability, will you know, make you less restless. And, you know, and so it's a general tonic, if you will. And so this is, there's nothing like this in conventional medicine. Because in conventional medicine, you know, there's one medicine for your headache, another medicine for your knee ache, another medicine to help you fall asleep, another medicine to wake you up. And... Yeah, and it's this very much this this for that type of um, approach. Um, but in homeopathy, when you go to a professional homeopath, you have the opportunity for a different type of medicine and healing than you've ever had, and that is this constitutional treatment, um, which can, will not only help you be, uh, you know, have less of these various physical and, for that matter, psychological symptoms, 
but will also help prevent various conditions in the future because you have a stronger immune system to help deal with it on your own. Okay. Um, so where would you suggest I uh, get the information at this point? Well, you know, this, uh, you know, th there are many conditions that people have that uh, you can learn to do, learn to use homeopathic medicines to treat. And the first book I wrote is this book with a, I wrote with a physician called Everybody's Guide to Homeopathic Medicines. And when I initially wrote it with this doctor in 1984, and we updated it four times since then, and it has become the most popular guidebook. It sold almost a half a million copies uh, over these years, and it is widely loved. And so that's a book that you can use to treat yourself and your family for many common what's called acute problems. But when you ever have chronic problems, you know, the, the longer term or more complex things, here's where you go to a professional homeopath. And, um, I mean, I will say up front here that although there are maybe homeopaths in wherever local region you live, uh, I also see, home, see patients all over the United States just on the telephone and through Skype. Um, so uh, you can also carry on a relationship with a homeopath um, over the phone and Skype. It's not always the same for people who are acupuncturists because an acupuncturist often needs to feel your pulse and read your pulse. And uh, it, it's therefore hard and sometimes impossible for an acupuncturist to provide phone care, but it isn't impossible for a homeopath. In fact, it's common even. Okay. And so to learn more about me, you'd go to that my website at homeopathic.com, and we regularly set up appointments for, for patients. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay. Enjoy My the best show. in Colorado. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, Stephen. All right. Cool. Got some. Got a lot of callers. So the caller from the 619, if you could just hold tight for just a second. Um, so, Dana, I, I had a few comments on Facebook where people said, oh, there's no studies that support homeopathy. And I was like, awesome. Call wow. in and ask a question. Or, you know, so I would love to hear what are some sure. of your favorite studies, you know, that really support, okay. you know, Sure. Let me also make it clear out there that there are a lot of people out there, or not a lot, there's a select number of people that are actively spreading misinformation about homeopathy. And you know, these are often people that have been found to have a link to drug companies uh, and that are known to be antagonists to homeopathy. So you often hear this, and it, it, it's like what you see on certain news shows where they keep repeating lies so often that it gets people to believe them. And one of these lies is that there's no research on homeopathy. Actually, there have been well over 200 studies showing efficacy. Um, and um, there, there's a whole group of them, as I mentioned earlier, on respiratory allergies. Uh, and these studies have been published in journals like the British Medical Journal and The Lancet. So I'm not even talking about the studies published in alternative journals. I'm talking about at the top high end of the, the medical respectability. And uh, a group of, of physicians in Glasgow, Scotland, at the University of Glasgow, which is U Europe's largest medical school, they did a series of studies uh, initially on patients with hay fever, and they gave them either a placebo, 
or a homeopathic dose of 12 different pollen in the area. And there was a dramatic difference in the patients given the placebo versus those given the homeopathic remedy. And then these same researchers did a, a, a study on people with allergic asthma. And in this study, what they did, uh, and this was published in the British Medical Journal, uh, they did conventional allergy testing to, to determine to what substance they were most allergic. And the most common allergen, by the way, is something that some of you may know or may not know, but was house dust mite, which is this little organism that grows and attaches itself to house dust, and uh, many people are allergic to them. Well, once they were given a homeopathic dose of house dust, their um, asthma decreased in a substantial way. In fact, in that particular study, 84% of the patients given the homeopathic medicine had some degree of improvement, whereas only 37% of the patients given a placebo had a, a similar degree of relief. Wow. Okay? Yeah. Um, then, you know, I, I just want to make certain people out there know that there also are some effective homeopathic remedies for people with very serious illnesses. Uh, at the University of Vienna, which is not exactly an alternative medical school, um, there was a study published in the most respected respiratory medicine journal in the world, a journal called CHEST, which is published by the British, um, uh, one of the British medical organizations. And they had patients that were in an emergency room who were suffering from the number four reason that people in America die and that's what's called COPD, which is chronic obstructive um, pulmonary disease. And this, another more common name for this is either chronic bronchitis or emphysema, all right? And people at the, with this disease end up getting, uh, have difficulty breathing because they have this thick, tenacious, um, like mozzarella cheese mucus that's clogging their their wind their breathing uh, yeah, bronchioles, and mm -hmm. so they even need to be intubated, have these tubes down their chest so they can breathe more effectively. Well, some researchers had found that one homeopathic remedy in particular was particularly effective in treating people with COPD, and although. I was initially skeptical that this could be uh, one remedy for so many different people. In this study, they found a dramatic difference. And once again, this was double-blind, placebo-controlled, randomized. It was and published in this major medical journal. And there was a dramatic difference in those given the homeopathic remedy and those given a placebo. Um, wow. Now, now, just to give you a sense of the seriousness of serious diseases, uh, there's a journal, which is the Journal of Clinical Oncology, which is the second most respected cancer journal in the world. And they published this abstract of a homeopathic study on patients in India who had either pancreatic cancer in the third or fourth stages, stomach cancer, liver cancer, esophageal cancer in the esophagus, um, um, 
or uh, let me see, I did stomach, liver, pancreas, um, and gallbladder cancers. And all of these cancers are the worst of the worst. They're, they're known to have uh, a very uh, small percentage of people who live for very long. And the pancreatic cancer patients, for instance, is commonly known that once you've been diagnosed, uh, only 5% of people live one year and virtually 0% survive five mm. years. Well, in this study, uh, 77% survived the first year from pancreatic cancer and 38%, wow. 38% were alive five years later. And wow. um, in this particular study, um, uh, they did something very unique. They provided homeopathic care and conventional medical care, but they weren't, uh, the patients were not allowed any anti-cancer medical treatments. In other words, no radiation, no chemotherapy. You know, if they had hmm. pain, yeah, they could take a pain medicine. But the patients were given ongoing homeopathic treatment, and they were also given this one unique homeopathic medicine called Sorinum. And I have been seeing people um, that have been referred to me from various medical doctors with these various cancers. And I make it clear that, first of all, that I'm not treating their cancer and that I am providing what I call simply adjunctive care, which is, means in addition to whatever they are already receiving. And um, we're, you know, I'm observing, like my colleagues before me and that have been published in these medical and cancer journals, some really significant results, and this is why, you know, these doctors continue to refer more and more patients to me. So, mm. um, you know, I, I hope that I, I do want to impress that I'm not against conventional medicine, but that I, I, I am skeptical of some of its treatments, and I believe strongly that we need to develop this integrative approach where we take the best of all worlds um, to strengthen a person's body, uh, own defenses and to occasionally suppress a symptom with conventional medicine, but to try and back that up as soon as possible mm -hmm. with natural uh, and homeopathic treatments so that they can withstand um, uh, you know, the various drugs they're taking. Mm, that is really impressive research. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You know, awesome. I, as a parent myself, you know, I, I think that um, many doctors are committing what I call medical child abuse by overprescribing for children. Uh, and to me, it's really, really disheartening that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, infants uh, have a little redness in their ear and they're already given antibiotics. Um, right. Once again, I'm not against antibiotics, but I, I'm for decreasing their usage until they really are necessary. Um, without that type of standard, uh, we're, we're doing what, what we're, the problem we're getting into is our antibiotics are not working as well right now. Yeah. And that's a question I ask every single patient on my intake is how many times have you been on antibiotics? Because it just makes such right. a huge difference in their right. health. It's, it does. Crazy. It does. It does. I mean, and, you know, the overprescription of antibiotics has been linked to a lot of different diseases. And the way I think about it is, is that 
you know, one of the big understandings in, in conventional biology and ecology is, is that nature is more stable and strong when the web of life is complex. If you imagine even a spider web, the more complex it is, the stronger, more resilient it is. And antibiotics make that web of life inside ourselves more simple mm-hmm. and kill not only some of the bad bacteria, but a lot of the good bacteria. In fact, more and more evidence is, ha- is showing that antibiotics not only get rid of some of the good bacteria, is, is that you can't get some of that good bacteria back. You try and plant it again in the body, and it, the body rejects it and, and gets rid of it. Mm-hmm. And um, the present new issue of nature actually has a special issue about the dysbiosis and the uh, disequilibrium uh, that antibiotics create in the body. Uh, and to really understand health, you have to understand that the human body is sort of like an orchestra. It's not only important that you know, each instrument be able to play, but it play together. And, mm-hmm. um, and one of the real beauties of homeopathy is, is that we have a profound respect for the human body and for its symptoms. And instead of using medicines to suppress symptoms, in homeopathy we do the exact opposite. We try and mimic whatever wisdom the body's having, and we look to find a medicine that will mimic that person's symptoms as a way of going, getting rid of it. Mm. And, you know, yeah, if, if you ever took it. driver's education, you remember that you know, your driver's education teacher taught you to turn into the skid. And that's what we do in homeopathy. You turn into the skid because that's the way the body, is, that's the certain wisdom of the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, I love it. All right, we got we got time for one more caller. We got a caller from the six one nine. You are on Doctor Low Radio. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Lisa McCoy. Hello, Lisa. What's your question? Hello. Um, hi, I actually um, was prescribed a remedy by a homeopath like ten years ago, and uh, I was just wondering if it changes over your lifetime or if that's you know my yeah, it prescribed. does. Well, well, it, it can, but sometimes. Certain remedies may be good for you for a long period of time. If this really is what would be called a constitutional remedy for you, you know, it sometimes will be useful for you in many of the decades of your life. Um, but it really does depend upon what, what's the remedy and what are your present symptoms and what were your past symptoms. You know, I, I can tell you, for instance, that in homeopathy, we're less concerned about the name of the disease that you have than the way you have your disease. So some people have diseases on the left side or right side of the body, for instance. Or some people have their symptoms that are worse right when they wake up and other people, you know, late at night or other people in the late afternoon. And it's more the way the person has the disease than whatever disease they have that helps determine which remedy a homeopath will prescribe for you. Mhm. Yeah, um my mom actually did a little booklet that broke it down like worse at night on the left side, you know, if you had like a, a strep throat it'd be like mainly on the left side and then That's right. Specific. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. home is she, what she's doing is organizing the body of information that we respect in homeopathy 
and that becomes then a useful guide for you to help find the remedy more easily. Definitely. And you're lucky enough to have a smart enough mother to do that. Yeah, for sure. So, and I'll get I'll get checked out for my new lifetime remedy to make sure it's good. Yeah, it's good. And uh, tell her Dana says hello, okay? Whoever she is. <laughs> I know. I'm sure she knows who you are. Actually, she'll be probably really impressed. With. Cool. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks. That's awesome. All right. Cool. Well, our time just really flew. Um, Dana, any other kind of tidbits you want to leave with us before we let you go? Well, you know, let me just say that I I encourage people to go to my website at homeopathic.com. I encourage people to look at my articles at the Huffington Post, and you can do that by just going to the Huffington Post and then do a search for my name, Dana Ullman. You'll see the collection of 30 or so articles that I've written. I'm really proud of that collection. Uh, Ultimately, I encourage people to, to go to my website and consider getting one of the many homeopathic medicine kits that we have. Because it's all fine and dandy to say, oh, this sounds interesting, but unless you actually use it and then see the results, um, I mean, you will not be impressed by homeopathy. So you you really have to taste it and try it to make it work for you. Absolutely. Dana, thank you so much for being on the show. It was wonderful. Hopefully I'll see you at the next um, next conference coming up. I don't know. What, what, where are you going to be? <laughs> What's the next conference you're going to be attending? Well, the next one, I'll be in L.A. at the last weekend of October. There's a big homeopathy conference. And I can tell you about that privately if you don't want it, if you don't know about that it. That sounds already. awesome. That sounds awesome. Okay. For sure. All right. Well, you have a wonderful evening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, you guys. That's the show. Thanks for listening. And uh, check me out every Tuesday night, 6 o'clock, Dr. Low Radio, you know, the website, drlaurennoel.com, and have a wonderful, wonderful week. We'll see you soon. Bye. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.